Hello and welcome to Let's Create, Let's Talk, The Photography Show. Hello and welcome back, Series 2, Episode 1, and have we got a very special guest for you. One of landscape photographers most influential right now. I'm a massive massive fanboy this was a tough interview although he'll laugh at that because he'll probably think yeah i'm just me and he's so down to earth a really really top chap to talk to so come along and join me now and listen to this episode with myself and mark little john how are you doing elton i'm good how are you how's it going oh not too bad struggling on well, thank thank you very much for for taking the time to talk to this idiot. <laughs> Great stuff. I'm a, and I'm a very much an admirer of your work. So, if I'm nervous, just give me a slap. <laughs> Let's turn it up a bit here so I can hear a bit better. There we go. So I. <laughs> I've got all the, I said this to everyone. I've got all these questions, but we'll probably just have a, a retold natter, bit of a bit of a gab. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, because this is the beauty of this. I'm finding um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and there's no pressure. If you want to piss off, it's fine. <laughs> if you're happy for stay for an hour, that's grand. If you just want to do half an hour, that's grand. I, I'm just made up. I know you're a busy man. I know you've been doing lots of. Uh, <laughs> Lots of walking. Now you're in Scotland. Not me. Uh, my knee's been giving us some jit, although it's really standard. We've been doing odds and ends, and um, yeah. and hopefully, um, well, I'm thinking of maybe get up for four in the morning and going somewhere. But where we go, I don't know. I'll just play it by ear. Sounds good. There's, there's a lot of great spots around here. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, it's endless. I've put vast here. And you've got the vastness to yourself because I guess I'm guessing here, but where you are is not a place where you're going to stumble across lots of photographers or lots of artists. And well, no, I mean artist-wise, I mean there's uh, my next door neighbour's an artist. She's got an exhibition on at the local museum. Um, she was president of the Scottish Visual Arts. Um, wow. There's not many what you would call serious landscape photographers living here. They all just sort of visit. They all come up. Yeah. Um, and it is awkward in, in some respects when you think that when I was at the lakes, you know, you could be three and a bit hours and I was at Glencoe. Um, although maybe didn't really tend to go that far because I had the lakes and I knew it well. And I had Owlswater uh, five miles away and I had Eden Valley five miles the other side. Um, yeah. You could go out and do that and be back for breakfast, do whatever. Here it's a little bit different because you're actually – Further, in some respects, from some of the views, but the thing is, never used to do a sunset back home. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say back home because I lived, I lived in Cumbria for thirty a year. Yeah. Um, but we never used to do a sunset because the sun was going down behind Helvellyn, whatever. So you would have had to go to the west coast, which no point. You're not going to go to West Cumbria unless you, you know, unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. To be honest, and if you've been to Agramont, you know what I mean. Um, but here, 
the beach is two hundred yards from the house. Yeah, you know, walked into the beach before because we just finished working in the garden. So come on, we'll just go down, pan along the the shore. Um, you got the Coolin Mountains at the end of the headland. Uh, from us, you're looking across, you can see. Well, we're straight opposite the Corang. So you yeah. can actually see all the houses and staffing this morning. The light was hitting all the houses oh. and staffing. So couldn't quite see Nick Hansen because he'd be like, you know, he'd, he'd have stayed in bed because there was no inversion this morning. Yeah. Um, then <laughs> a little bit to the right, you had North Uist and you got Lewis and you got Harris. Lewis and Frontier, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, you can see, I mean, you can see Clisham's about 40 miles away, the highest point on Lewis. So it's right more or less on the junction between Lewis and Harris. Um but that's 40 miles away and it looks it looked like nothing this morning. Yeah, these are almost like fantasy worlds to me because I've I've never been up there. I know. Well Lewis, Lewis looked like a fantasy world right through winter, right through lockdown because it was snow covered and oh, Lewis doesn't wow. get any amount of snow. Yes. But you can imagine being in the beaches at um Luskintyre and um Chilibost and whatever, uh with snow in the mountains beyond would have just been friggin' amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it comes and goes. Who knows what we'll get, the seasons. So where yeah. things are changing, I think we'll have it again. Yeah. Your chances will be there. I'm hoping so anyway. I'm hoping, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for it to go a bit colder. I've got myself a bit of transport before I come up and, and maybe knock on your door and you'll be like, get out of it. <laughs> but yeah, I've got to get up there. Bring whiskey or beer, there's every chance I'll let you in. Yeah, I'll bring you a couple of bottles, don't yeah, worry. And then the you know. off you and three of the fuck again. <laughs> yeah. I know, I've been talking to Jason a bit. No, you know Jason a bit. The the magic mist man. And uh, he, he turned me on to a bit of Eden Valley. And uh, I just can't get past Great Melfell. I've been there oh, now. Great Melfell is really sort of uh, edge of Lake District one. It, it's that borderline between Eden Valley and um, yeah, and the lake because round there, I mean Eden Valley, Great Melfell is fantastic because you don't realise it's seventeen hundred feet high. Yeah, yeah. you don't realise it's seventeen hundred feet high because it's this little pimple, but you're already about a thousand foot up. When yeah. you walk across Dothwick Head, um, you're at fourteen hundred odd feet, so you you you've come off. You know the '66. You yeah. go across Dothway Head, and you think, "Well, I'm just, I'm just in a bit of Maryland, whatever else." But you're the same height as Kirkson Pass. Yeah. And don't, don't twig to that. Yeah. So of course you're looking across the Great Mile Fell, and you don't think it's a master fill, but it's 79 feet. The other thing with Great Mile Fell is the way uh, the geological makeup is. That it's any any bad weather comes down from north. It hits Great Melfell before it hits anything else, so it just seems to dump snow. So that little section from Great Melfell and on down the side road through Mattdale and Dockery, and then you, you're going down the side of um, Erebeck, you know, Aeroforce Waterfall. Yeah, er that yeah. Little valley, that little valley there. Channel, yeah. Far more snow than all the other bits. So you could be at Glenridden, you could be at Pooley Bridge, there'd be next to no snow. Yeah. But Great Melfell and down through Dockery, Loads of snow. Yeah, yeah. Got to get it. the lake is a bit snowy, that's the, that's the place to go. Stuart Glennon got a cracking oh, shot. Didn't he? Oh, he didn't he? Yeah, fantastic. The one I with the pawns. It, right? Yeah, it was an absolute smasher what he did. Really good. Some of his best yeah. stuff, that. But there you go, yeah. getting out, getting out all the time as much well, as you can. 
if you're not out, you're not going to get the chance. So you've just yeah. got to take a chance. Go. But great, man, that was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm. We're, we're off up there next week and staying in Eskdale uh, oh, for really? a couple of nights. So I'm looking forward to that. And then next time I visit, I think I'm going up near uh, Kent uh, Where I like Kent because it's very remote. And uh, you, well, you can walk up. You can walk up past Rainborough Crag. You you go below Rainborough Crags through Kentmere, and then you can go up to Nanbiel Pass from behind. Yes. yes. So Nanbiel Pass, you're looking down over uh, small water and uh, the rig in down to Hoswater. Yeah. And then if you go a little bit left to Mad Little Bell, there's a couple of bits there looking down. And also, if you Kentmere, if you don't mind walking up a wee bit of a hill. Yeah. Ill Bell itself is the most amazing sort of like Neolithic sort of elemental hill it's just fantastic um yeah. i always yeah. fancy doing something up there yeah at night because it's got about three different cairns but the rock they're sort of like built into the rock formations on the top so uh -huh. ill bell there's yolk ill bell in fosic there's three hills that's right fosic. yes if you're looking to, if you're looking to towards nanbeel from Kentmere, it's the three hills on the left and ill bell's the middle one um yeah. but that's worth doing definitely. you can imagine the settlements up there the people that lived up there, you know, Neil, like you said, Neolithic. You can imagine yeah, how maybe solicitors and bank managers from London, I would say. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. I got talking to a, a lovely couple when I was at um, on the Brathy, and they were saying oh, about how Elter Water only has three families or three residents living it. The rest are all like holiday homes and stuff. I was quite shocked by that. That the sheer amount of people that don't live down, there. Down, down, down there has been bad for ages, I think. God, 20 years ago, chapel style was yeah. something like 85% holiday homes. And that was, and that's, you know, a couple of decades back. Uh, but whole communities are dying out, which is it's just the way it is. And it's, I mean, up here, um, down our drive, there's us, there's Nina, there's Paul and Carol. And then there's a house at the back that was that's still owned by a family, but they've um, they rent it out because uh, mum and mum and dad, one of the sons, died, yeah. and and there's a memorial stone. I don't know if it's the ashes are buried in the garden, so I don't think I'd want to move in to be honest anyway. No, I mean, it's like Imagine a gravestone that. in the garden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It depends what robs you, rhubarb, really. You know what folk are like these days. Well, maybe the, maybe the plants are going a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, I've got. I'm gonna just dive into my sheet here. I'm not being rude because, of course, I had your 2014. Where I, it's not yours, but it may as well be the uh, landscape photography of the year. You've got three other shots in that that no one talks about. Three mono shots. Yeah, like well, two two. I think they do half a dozen highly commended, don't they? I think I had two of the yeah. two of the highly commended, and then I had just what a an achievement! Yeah, commended. yeah. Just but the yeah. Um, the dark thing is, you know, the there's a black and white of Walholm Island on Oswar. Yes, that's better as a colour shot. But I put it in the previous year as a colour shot, and it didn't get shortlisted. Oh, well, there you go. And you put um, it in as a mono well, and all. That was, that, was, that was the weird year. Yeah. A few folk, that if you ended right at the end, nothing got in. Nigel Morton, uh, if you look at On Landscape's yeah. website, 
they've got this most magnificent woodland scene. It's the backdrop on the website on on landscape, and that was one of Nigel Morton's, and that didn't get yeah. shortlisted either. I've, I've written down Nigel Laws. Yeah, I've I've written down a few names, and he was one of them. Yeah, didn't get. But he, he he submitted that the following year. Yeah, and it got highly commended. So I don't know what was going on. Whether it was like whoever was doing the, the first round of judging was just like, oh shit, I'm running out of time. All except yeah. right there. Um, but you know, a competition, competitions are what they are. I mean, somebody could have my winning shot and thought, that's a load of shit. I'm not putting that through because it's just. You know, yeah. I mean, it was funny when I, when, I, when I got the phone call from Charlie because it was like weird, but never mind. Yeah, I bet it was surreal, that. Yeah. Well, it was, we were, we'd, um, we'd gone through to Newcastle, me and the missus, uh, my daughter had done a day trip, a day trip to Auschwitz. Oh. Um, flown out first thing in the morning, flew back in at night. Yeah, pick her um, up. And she, she'd won it because of her results. So other kids were having baby sheet. But they did like a debrief in Newcastle. So we said, oh, come on, we'll take us through to the debrief. We'll walk the dog on um, Tynemouth Beach and whatever, and then we'll have a coffee, we'll have a grown-up day. And the phone went, and it was um, this well-posh sort of a voice uh, speaking, and uh, asked who I was. Now, normally I would say, hey, who are you then? But there was just something about the voice, and it was posh, and I knew it was about the time when he'd, whoever had won. Because I believe you, uh, so anyway, he said, uh, I believe you... Um, submitted uh, some pictures to the um, Landscape Photography Year competition. And I said, yeah, I did, actually. And at this point, I'm thinking, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh. and uh, I did, actually. And uh, and the voice said, and um, I think one, one's, one's a waterfall in uh, in Glencoe. And I said, nah. He said, it, 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 it's, it's a waterfall in Glencoe. And I'm thinking, nah, nah, I didn't, I didn't do any of a waterfall in Glencoe. To me, it's a stream tumbling down a mountainside. Ah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he said, "Well, it's it, it, there's just a picture of, of, of it, and you can hear it. You can hear him thinking, shit, have I got the right man?'" And uh, wait, obviously Charlie would you say shit, but anyway, yeah, yeah. No, he would say, to be honest. What would Charlie say? Gosh, blimey. Gosh, that would be very shocker. <laughs> oh my word! Um, but then he described it. Where he says, "Ah, you know, you're right enough, lad. I did, I did." It's. Uh, I, I think it was a, it's a waterfall tumbling down the stream, and he said, "Oh, that's a bit of a relief." He says, uh, "He says, well, I, I suppose I should say that." Uh, I said, "Oh, I should, and I should tell you my name at this point. My name's Charlie Wheat." I said, "Oh, hello, Charlie," and um, he said, "He said, um, your 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 pictures won you the you know UK landscape photographer of the year, which is a load of tosh because obviously I wasn't the UK landscape photographer of the year." I had a picture that, I mean, there was four judges had it as their judge's choice, which was a wee bit unusual because... Yeah, four judges, uh, yeah. But for, for four judges, you know, you usually get, like, one judge will like that, one judge will like this, and there might be, an occasion, there might be two judges like a picture, but on this occasion, there was four. Um, so they had four people with impeccable taste on a judge. <laughs> uh, and, four, and four others who picked mine. Um, but um, it was one of those things. I mean, I've always had issues with folks saying, yeah, landscape photography of the year because it, it it's one picture um yes i like i like what stuart lowe does with the scottish um and does it over a bit of a portfolio even if it's maybe only three pictures um yeah. i mean I, i'd almost like a competition where you don't enter you know we knock on your door and say we've looked at your stuff this year and i tell you what you shut up um so i thought that might scare them if i actually knock on the door like you know yeah, like, uh, like landscape yeah. photography postcode lottery. 
but it is it's a bit like that you know it's um com competitions are it's a luck of the draw you know the guy yeah. doing the first religion put it through if he hadn't put it through they wouldn't have been there from the judge yeah. there's all sorts of good pictures out in, in the first round um but it is yeah that's what it is you know it, competitions aren't to be all and end all that was the only competition i ever ever used to enter and I entered it before as well because yeah me being a competitive bastard wanted to win it twice in a row yeah so, yeah but that was just being silly there was a picture i really wanted to get in the book and i did get it in the book so that was okay yeah the year after that wasn't it yeah. the year after that 2015 you've had a couple though aren't you since then no no 2015 was the last year i entered oh right ah yeah. oh, my mistake I, 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 I took up photography in 2010 yeah so obviously i haven't ended up, haven't taken up photography in 2010 didn't enter that year but the following year i entered pictures that i taken in my first year if you like and i two got judges commendations for my first year wow uh, which was pretty quick. Um, and in 2012, that was the year when, you know, I had what I thought was two, some good images despite being a, a newbie. And um, yeah. they didn't get shortlisted. And then I think the following year, I had four in. Then 2014, I had four in. And maybe three in the following year, I can't remember. But, yeah. but no, it was, it, was, it was a good competition for me, to be honest. But yeah. um, as I say, competition. And once you've won it, I think it's, it's a bit daft keeping on entering it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point there. Yeah, well, if you've got it, you've yeah. I just think it's the only competition. Charlie himself, I think, is what draws me to it. He's done he's done a lot for uh, landscape photography in a good in a brilliant way. You know, I I would I probably wouldn't be doing what I do and love um, because obviously I'm not professional and I'm just doing this because I love it. Um, but I think. Uh, what he's done and yourself and a few other folk who uh, I quite enjoy the work. That's the thing. It, I have my favourites and and uh, I have my favourite vloggers, my favourite photographers, my favourite creatives, artists, what have you. And I, I try to keep a little pool. So do you, you have a little pool yourself? You have a little kind of, you know, you, it cheers you up. You think, oh, that gladdens the heart, you know. Are you not bothered? Whatever comes, whatever goes in your eyes, that'll do. Whatever, whatever catches me, it doesn't matter who it is. They don't have to be, you know, a big name. A little. I don't like all this names business. I don't like folks saying, "Oh, yeah. that's great." And, you know, hang on a sec. It's a bit shit to be honest. <laughs> uh, or it's the record shot of me just like I'm walking a dog and I think, "Oh, God, I quite like that," you know. Because yeah. at the end of the day, with the best one in the world, you're not going to take a friggin' amazing shot every day. No. Even you can go some days and the conditions are perfect and you don't take a great shot. It just yeah. doesn't work for you. It's just one of those things. That's life. Uh, we don't always see everything every day. Um, we're not always going to be on top form. So sometimes I might be in the zone and the conditions suit at exactly the same time. And I'll come away with two or three images that are like, yeah, that'll do. Other days, you know, I can go out for, for weeks on end and, and not get anything. But I know... I'm not going to hide away for like two or three weeks because I'm not taking anything because I just love being out. Exactly. I love going out. I'm not going to be um, fussy. I'm not going to say, right, I'm not going to post anything until I've taken this. Um, for me, it's more like my daily travels through life. I point the camera at things I like. Yeah. Um, and some days um, it will just mean something to me. Some days 
other folk might like it some days. A lot of folk might like it, but you know, they're all perfectly valid as photographs from my point of view of taking them. It's just that some, by the nature of things, will be better than others. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to Alec Neil was doing the, excuse me, uh, was doing the Great Wilderness with Joe Cornish, and um, they come here first for breakfast, and then they went in uh, the Great Wilderness and walked out with him a little bit of the way past Loch Cairnsley, and Alec was saying um, that he liked the fact that I didn't mind failure. And I never thought of it as, as failing, if you like, because if I see someone take it, I know it's not going to be a world-beating shot. To me, it's more the practice sessions, are, they're just you're just getting used to, to working with the camera. I say getting used to it because I take pictures every day, but I was discussing it with Joe, and bear in mind, this is Joe Cornish, who's been top of his profession for Christ knows how many decades. Yeah. And, um, and he was agreeing. He was saying, well, you know, it's just... Um, they're like practice sessions. They're just you're just perfecting your art, if you like. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of perfecting your art phrase either. It's more evolving. We always change. At the end of the day, I think it was fairly technically proficient the week I picked up a camera because I'm I'm like that. Um, but you see things differently on different days, uh, and as you get older, you see things differently. Um, and your mood, and your emotions. It, it, it is. I mean, I just you know. So I mean. Having gone on from that, I've given you a totally different answer from the question that you actually asked me. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have a favourite because, you know, some of the pictures that are favourites, other folk might not like. I mean, when I, for example, when I took that shot, the Wonder Landscape Photography Year, I didn't even put it on my photography page. I think a month after I took it, I put it on my own Facebook, my private Facebook page, and said, because I didn't do... No, I did have Twitter then, but I'd only joined Twitter um, for work purposes to see how it worked because I was still doing the computer forensics. Yeah. But, you know, when I put it on my own private Facebook, I said, sometimes you take a shot for yourself and this is a shot for me. And everybody on my own private page loved it. So, Yeah, you can. That's something that, that really, I don't want to know why, but I, I, sometimes I can put an image on that I'll absolutely love and... I'm not really bothered if anyone likes it. It is nice to get feedback, of course. Like yourself, uh, you mentioned one of my images yesterday. I think you said Belton, yeah. and uh, that that image was was like yeah, I'm always kind of... really constructive with me critique. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I'm always really constructive with me critique. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Belter lad, Belter, shite. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, I, I don't mind. That's that's spot on. <laughs> that's great because it ended there. Uh, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. But if someone likes it like yourself, I think well, it was worthwhile editing that. It was worthwhile going out getting soaked because if someone liked it and I like it, that's the main thing. And I think that's what I see in yourself. I'm, I can't say I'm similar to you because I, you started when you was forty seven. And I'm 47 now. <laughs> so I've I've only been shooting. Well, I've been shooting for a long time, but really bad. And I'd okay. say this year, weirdly, after the shit we've been through, this year is kind of like my birth, if you like, the start of actually um, understanding why I'm doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it maybe changes your, your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
But it's, folks say to me, you know, do you not wish you'd taken it up sooner? And no, don't wish you'd taken it up sooner. Okay, I might have had younger legs. I might have been able to keep up with friggin' Alex Nail going up a hill. Um, but I might not have photographed the same things. I might not have seen with the same eyes. Yeah. Um, the fact that I'd been doing a really shitty job for a few years before I took it off, that maybe made me um, realise that beauty lay, you know, if I'm going to be a soft ass about it, that beauty lay all around us and, and that you don't need to have, you know, herds of will to be sweeping majestically across the bloody plain. Yeah. Uh, anything can be fantastic. And that's probably one of the things that I'm, I'm not a massive fan about photo guidebooks because I think unless you're careful, you know, if, if you just keep on saying, right, this view's here, this view's here, this view's here, folk can become too literal and yes. they can just go from A to B to C to D. As opposed to numbers. Yeah. yeah, and well, a little bit of that, but also use your own eyes to see your own things. We're all unique, we're all individual, and we should rejoice in that individuality, yes. Not, yes. not go by the herd mentality yes. um, and just take the same shots. Um, that's, that's, I suppose, my, my, my take on things. That's a big thing. That's a, a massive thing for me, especially when we couldn't move and there's a little stream and a nook and a stone and a tree and it might be like it's a, an old Arthorn that's died and, and, and there's something there that you see and I don't really question what it is. I just like it, look at it and photograph it, try and figure it out a bit. And, uh, and, that, and I think that progression is something that's yourself and it, it's not copied neither. I don't, I don't, I think it's a personal thing. When you get to that point, people who are talking a lot lately on Twitter about copying and talking about how you're saying going ticking off and doing things. And I think they're missing it. They're missing it. They're missing the beauty. They're missing the, the wonder of everything in front of them when you just go out with that camera. Well, I, I think some people take it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, getting confused in the, the how and the why. Um, mm. And it really is about, It's. I mean, I loved the landscape before I loved the photography, if you like. I was, I was seeing all the views, and as a result of seeing the views, I bought the camera. I didn't buy the camera to go out and see the views or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, it was really a case of the landscape came first. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to move away from that, and it becomes a an exercise in technical expertise um, and whether that's the actual technical actor taking the picture, but also composing the picture. So they're looking at leading lines, you know, for me, it's all about seeing little scenes um, yeah. and it's seen with the heart shooting with the head. So you see someone that makes you go, fuck. <laughs> and that, yes. that's what the program yes. Yeah. Less. Yeah. Um, you see something that makes you swear, makes you, your heartbeat fast. Feel alive, yeah. Really, yeah. You know, the, the, and and that's the same thing when when I see people that just they're not really bothered with conditions because they know they're going to add it in afterwards. Uh, I am very conditions dependent. That's just one of those things. Uh, I realised that from pure luck of living in between Eden Valley and Ellsworth, conditions are so often fantastic. Yeah, um, it really is an amazing place for the conditions. Conditions haven't been as good as up here, although the storms and the squalls. So I just, I'm just changing what shoot a lot of the time, to be honest. I'm looking out to sea. Yeah. Um, 
and I'll continue to change because it, it, it's it's a case of photographing the things that catch me eye, and obviously living near different things are going to catch me eye, um, but it's still the same thing. It's something that catches your eye and stops you in your tracks, and that's what you photograph. At that point, you work out how you're going to do it. It's not a case of like, oh well, that's the scene I want, but then if I move here, I can get that as a leading line. Who gives a bollocks about that? Um, you're trying to capture the scene. You're not trying to bastardize it into something that's not just so as it would please. Yes. If you like the intelligentsia, the the the, the formulaic um, pedants who want to see a leading line, who want to see everything perfectly in rule of thirds. Um, yeah. The rules are there as a guide to perhaps make sure that you make the best of a bad job, if you like, sometimes. And a, a photograph can fit every single criteria for leading lines and rule of thirds, and it can be boring as anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you go, go and see a camera club judge and everything's going to be perfectly lit. There's going to be no blackness. There's going to be no, you know, sections blown out, which is fine. I hate bits blown out. Um, but mood, atmosphere don't form part of the criteria. It's almost like there's a mathematical formula for, for yes. taking a perfect shot. And there isn't. Somebody came in a workshop with, with, with me and Joe Cornish a while back, um, and they were looking to become a camera club judge. And I'm thinking, I'm not really the person you should have come on. Oh, no. Uh, because because you, you, I said, you, you're actually speaking as if you want me to supply you a mathematical formula. Yes. Judging pictures. And it's yeah. not about that. It's yeah. about capturing that little moment in time with the mood and the atmosphere. And and it's in a day of thousands and thousands of, of pictures flashing in front of your eyes, it's capturing that image that stops them in the tracks. And you think, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, to anyone listening to this, and when you do listen to it, everything that you've just said, Mark, is is that's the learning. That's the key. Right there, what you've said about it, it, the formulaic, it's, it's an emotion, it's something that uh, makes your heart dance, makes you feel <clears throat> that you've created a piece of art, really. Let's face it. it, it is art. What you do, a lot of atmosphere, a lot of use of light. I, I, I was not a component of light because I'd just go out and shoot because I didn't have time, limited time. I couldn't yeah. get out when I wanted, so I couldn't get the light or sometimes couldn't wait. You know, I, I was kids were with me or one thing or another. But seeing, seeing the progression over the years and then seeing yourself and, and, and the way you use light, I was like, come on, Mally, think, you know, just slow down. And, and, and so when that atmosphere comes like rain or squalls or storms or there's always that moment of, of glorious light either before or after in between and and, and you don't need to think do you, about what what you're doing it's just look at that bit of there and <laughs> you've, got to, you've, you've just got to go with it that's when you've just got to let the, yeah. the mood and the but this is why it's important going out regularly and shooting even yeah. instead of saying like no nah, i'm not going out today the training days as mentioned before yes is, if you're going to start shooting like an automaton automaton when you go out, when you get these great conditions, you're far more likely to capture it because you've taught yourself that you can do things by second nature. When I worked in the boats, yeah. um, things would pass you by in a second. So everything would be shooting manual. I'd be shooting with the 7200 probably because there's no foreground. I'd be shooting at 5.6 because it was shit up. 7200 yeah. 2.8 lens. It, yeah. it was, 
class. Smashing all the rules there, by the way. Completely destroying what most people think. I watched, I watched, I watched, I don't watch YouTube videos, but I watched one yesterday and there was, and there was a lad, very well known, and he's, he's shooting a 190 odd mil, um, and shooting at F 18. Yeah. It was seen in the distance, something, it's, it's a big sensor in the camera. And, Pro series lenses are, are more optimized for, you know, for shooting wider, uh, you know, a, a, a bigger aperture. Yeah. I mean, why would you do F18? Unless, of course, you would be trying to slow it down slightly, but even then, it wasn't a long exposure. But I mean, I, I see nothing wrong with shooting a five, but shot the one landscape for view, shot 5.6. I think yeah. I wrote an article for uh, amateur photographer that did the rounds for ages about shooting at 5.6. That's nothing new. I mean, nothing I bring to landscape photography is new. It's all been done countless times before. Um, yeah, yeah. But it just seemed to me to make no sense to be shooting um, at small apertures if the, if the thing that's closest to you is a couple of miles away. I think uh, one of my favourite lenses was the, the Nikon 135, um, which is an F2. F2. F4. Anyway. F4. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's well, it's a fancy. The um, it's got the two aperture uh, rings, um, but I was shooting at five point six all the time, and it's like five. Okay, your hyperfocal distance is five hundred feet, but I'm shooting things at like two mile away. Yeah. So what does it matter? Does it matter? You know, 5.6, yeah. So diffraction doesn't matter. If you, I, t I do tend to read reviews of lenses to see whether the best. Um, and if a lens is at its best at 5.6 and nothing's close to me. But then again, who gives a shit if it's a little bit out of focus at the front anyway? Yeah. I always like to think about people peering into a shot. Yeah. Why does everything have to be razor sharp? The bits that I want you to see razor sharp are sharp. Yeah. Um, somebody yeah. asked me online once, said, how, how, how do you get it so sharp? You know, at, at that point now, I said, yeah, focused on it. Um, <laughs> what uh, that a good speed, yeah. A higher shot of speed, yeah. Is when you see things moving quickly and people yeah. are intent on manual focusing. And it might be a lens that costs two grand. It's got all focus. It costs two grand. If it doesn't focus right, you send the bugger back. By the time, if you're looking at a look, you know, you mentioned the squalls before, if you've got a little squall going through the scene. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it's on, you know, fire side of the fell, whatever else, and you just want to capture yeah. the edge of that. Unless it's hitting something, and there's a tree half in, and there's a peak, just maybe catch a little bit of light with the water going through. By the time you've manually focused that bugger, yeah, it's gone. It's, gone. it's like I'm, yeah. I've gone to the pub by this time, I'm on my second pint, um, <laughs> and I just want if you've got autofocus and it's a great lens and it latches on and yeah. it shoots, use it, don't waste that moment trying to manually focus it. If you're doing a really nice, subtle little shot, you've got tilt shift lens, whatever else, spend a bit of time focusing. If you want to slow down and you want to get into the mood and that's the way that you do connect with the landscape, then do it. But if you're trying to capture little moments, yeah, use the kit to the best of its um, technicalities, if you like. Yeah, they're the key moments though for me. They're the mm -hmm. ones that stand out and stick in my memory as well, like yourself. You know, um, I've got, God, we've not even bought, I, I, I never bought, I don't know why I bother with these. I honestly don't. I always get all the, I'll be really clever and I'll, I'll get Mark some really nice questions and 
and then and then we don't need bother. So I've put light is a huge component of your photography. But at this time of year, and this is a shit question now I'm reading it, what makes your heart race? What what gets you pumped now? We're coming out, uh, into, we're in midsummer, and it's a difficult time. And people always go on about, oh, so, and I, I actually like this time of year. I, I like it. I do. The thing that gets me going is when it's really nice and warm at night, a little bit of a breeze, so it keeps the midges off, and I yeah. can sit with a nice pint. Yeah. Yeah, and throw the camera off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Uh, we have to... Double dry hot peels in the fridge, and they're beautiful in a nice summer's evening. Yeah. <laughs> Things have changed. I mean, folk were going on about it. In fact, actually, me spiel, I've just been in the bath before because my back's been a bit dodgy. And uh, I was writing me spiel, for instance, not that I do one a day these at the moment because I've not been taking any pictures. But my spiel is about folk, landscape photographers, going on about, saying, oh, come on, give me give me autumn, give me winter so that I don't need to get up so early that I can go out and it'd be cold and I've got this. And, and I've actually, I won't read it, but you'll, you'll have a look. On, it'll be on my Facebook photography page, my Instagram tomorrow. Um, I like my little spiels, actually. But, yeah. but we're going about that thing. I mean, shop that we talked about earlier, um, Walholm Island in Canada, that was taken on the 7th of July. 2012 but it was it was a red hot day as it, as it transpired but the greens and everything else were fantastic it was lush it was almost tropical rainforest lushness yeah um and you show what's in front of you yeah why are you going to hibernate yeah just for the sake of you know I, one of my other favorites was taken middle of may looking down on what i call the squiggly road at um Mar not Mardale. Martindale, pause, uh, looking down at it from Bonescale Pike. Um, I've got other shots from, from May last year, uh, just before just before or just after lockdown. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got loads of shots from, from the middle of the year. I haven't done too much at the moment because it is incredibly dry here at the moment. Is it? Uh, yeah, there's not yeah, a lot. Yeah. We've had no rain. There's a few shots that were in my head. But yeah. The consequence of it being no rain is that the colours are really washed out. Yeah. Um, so you don't get any sort of drama. And then it's been quite drab. So whereas the rest of the country has been having incredible sunshine, we've been sort of in cold, dank air. Now, there's, there's been uh, Richard Fox. Um, he's more sort of like middle of Scotland than me. But he's managed to capture a couple of inversions. There's two or three other guys. I think Angus Brewster was looking at it on on, um, on Facebook. He was on Auntie Alec with a, a good inversions and the Roddy Brothers. Uh, yes. And others. They've all managed to get a few bits of inversions. But Yes, yeah. In, inversions don't tend to do it for me. I'd, I'd rather be in the mist or just at the edge of the mist. Yes. Um, I think I've just done an article. I've just done an article for, that for outdoor photographer, actually. Right. Uh, a really nice day. Um, and I took a picture, which is like a, a woodland scene, but it's all like hoar-frosted trees, uh, and it's got a bluey split tone. So I did an article on that about finding the edge of mist. Um, yeah. Well, you, you couldn't find the edge of the mist here because the, the mist was sort of above you. You know, when you get that area when yes. it cuts out the light but doesn't actually give you any anything below it. So you're... Yeah. Um, I think we got up at four the other morning and drove... 
we were going to go to the lighthouse just past um, Gaelock. And it's like, oh, bollocks of this. So we kept on going. Do not bollocks of this. So we kept on going. Went up over the fane. We walked a dog there a little bit, but then the midget said, so we walked on again. Got to other pool. Thought, ah, oh, bugger it. Come on, we'll just go to um, maybe Inverpolly. And then it was just nothing was right. So it's a bollocks of this. Let's just go to Loch Inver and buy some pies. Um, and at that point, I got a shot that was okay-ish. Um, but the pies were super hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, what pie was it, Matt? Meat and spot? Sorry? Meat and potato, or just a steak, oh, or they don't they don't do meat and potato. Do meat, don't, don't. Venison, venison and cranberry. Oh um, gosh! Oh well. <laughs> no, 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 the box. There's haggis, neeps, and tatties. Oh, I yeah, that'll do. Ham. There's chicken, leek, and oh, is it chicken? Oh. Um, what was the other one? Pork, manchego, and chorizo. I think. Oh, oh that's pretty amazing. Now that, the best, that's... The, the best one. Wait, I tell you, what, it, it is the photographers. Mainstay of the Lochin Verlander. Um fantastic for the pies. They do a mail order as well. Right. They do you know, honestly don't the, the, tell the, me that the, the salmon you buy 12, but they, they come in brilliantly packed. Bung them in the freezer. I've got six in the freezer at the moment. Yeah. Um chocolate pear and almond, the dessert pie is oh. just absolutely friggin' immense. Oh. They stopped making it for a year because it was um, it was too expensive to make, apparently. Uh, but they started doing it again, just I think because my missus said, unless you do this, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so the, the chocolate. Pie. We have you have you have a main pie, so like chips, whatever else. Main yeah. pie, a little bit of gravy, and then we always have like a one chocolate pear and almond between us with a little bit of salted caramelized cream, something oh. like that. Oh man, it's brilliant. Oh hey, brilliant. It's Best a good pie. job you're going on these walks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually from a diet day to day, which is a waste of time because we had about two bottles of red. Oh. We, had, we had piles room yesterday, so I, I did a, a mushroom risotto with um, with fresh scallops. And, uh, Very nice. Really and then so it was a couple of bottles of red and some whiskey and then some more whiskey. And I thought, bugger, I love some whiskey. Uh, so, yeah, slightly oh. rough this morning, but never mind. I'm not, so when you said I, I, I need recover, I thought, it's Monday. What's, what's going on? Is it Monday? I don't even... What day am I on me? I don't even know. It's Monday today, isn't it? I thought, hold on. There's no days in Scotland. I've been working this morning, so I mean, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> You'll have to send me details for these pies, though, now. You've got me. Look in Verlager, I'll message you. The brewery, you either have to buy 10 or 12 to get delivery. That's fine. It's worth it. And freezing. Yeah. A load of variety yeah. and have a few mates around with a few That'll beers. keep me going when I go out, yeah. Definitely. Well, well, I, I've got the van to... now, so that's perfect for me. Put in, in a, yeah, you know. the, the, they are superb. Yeah. Honestly, the venison and cranberry, because venison is supposed oh. to be quite healthy red meat, but the venison and cranberry is just classic. Well, it's soften we, it, won't it? Soften the venison. We've got, we've got four different sort of meat pies, and they do veggie ones as well. Um but we've got four meat pies now. All we'll do is we'll just cut them in half. So Rachel has half of one and half of another oh, one. Oh yeah, sure. And I'm sure that very kind of you, that. Brilliant pies. <laughs> have you found any favourite trees yet? I put a note here about that because uh... yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of couple of Grudy, um, and there's, there's two or three spots I found that are fantastic. Yeah, uh, but it's just a case of during lockdown you were allowed to go anywhere within your council area which for us was the highlands That's but we, right, did, yeah. we didn't take the piss so we stayed really local 
Yeah. Uh, we just walked very local. Because, um, as I said, we walked into Red Point Beach. We walked into Red Point Beach and beyond yesterday um, from the house. So we decided instead of driving about when we're allowed to go anywhere in the Highlands, we were just going to stay local. And the conditions were fantastic. So it's only really since then, since everything was opened up, that we've been around. I've identified two or three places. Yeah. There's quite a few spots I want to go into. The problem is with ticks and stuff. Uh, yeah, um, shocking this year, isn't so, it? This so year this, and last year. This year at least will we'll be, um, I'll be in a position that, Come end of September, I'll be able to get into places that I've identified from sort of like April, May, June, yeah. July. Uh, uh, ferns, the ferns drop off and the bracken and what have you yeah. just going off I mean, a bit. I mean, having said that, some of the walks we've done have been fantastic. The um, we walked into the causeway um, over Fionnloch, which is was a twenty-one mile round trip. Uh, so that was a good walk. Yeah. Um, but that's another article I think um, lad from Outdoor Photography is um, using one of the pictures from that for an article for the next edition of Outdoor. I've been quite enjoying doing a little bit of writing. Yeah. Um, and it's quite good fun. Um, yeah. Obviously more photography based in my Insta spiel and my Facebook spiel because uh, that can be all about how my mum farts when you squeeze her too tight. Uh, <laughs> and that's not really the sort of thing that they want in, in an outdoor photography. No, probably article. not. So you and can. Anyone, you care probably doesn't want that to be in the archive. Uh, I don't know. I think, <laughs> it's real, isn't it? It's what we want. Of course, it is. It is. It's, it's, yeah. it's just bits of things. Yeah. I enjoy writing and, and not so much being daft, but usually there's a point to it somewhere. Sometimes there's not, of course. Uh, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that either. We all need a bit of diversion now and then. I know, and a laugh and some fun yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's not all supposed to be serious and yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So I we're coming to an end here, and I can't thank you enough for for uh, joining me. I'm I'm totally like, yeah, just made up that you've come for a chat with me, man. It's just awesome because I'm a huge fan, and I know you tell me cough for that, but I am. You're absolutely <laughs> fantastic, massive fan of yours, and. I'm not even going to bother with these questions. I, I wrote down a load of names here. I know we said about not names, but it's, I find it I find it fascinating how the year you won, um, there's some images in there by people that I'll, I'll go off and try and find what they're doing now. I love going back in time and and then it was one, one of the nicest things was I got one of the books um, a couple of years back, and I realised that I'd taken out about. 15 folk in the book uh, on workshops. Uh, wow. Which they wouldn't have, you know, don't do what I do, <laughs> do something else. But I mean, there was, there's some fantastic folk in the book. What names are you going to mention? Uh, well, Colin Bell, a lot of people know oh, Colin. Colin's, Colin's superb. I mean, Colin's yes. one, of the, one of the nicest guys, one of the best photographers you're going to find. His I'd love to meet him. Yeah. I mean, you talk about some images, he's got an image of a favourite silver birch yeah. on the back end of uh, home file, which is just yes, and it's a summer image, but it's it's all green. Yeah, you know, there's, there's almost no difference in tone, but it's just fantastic. Yes, nickname, yeah, Moral uh, Galagos, James Osmond, Ron Tier, Daniel Cook, Lizzie Shepherd, Robert Oliver, 
Lizzie, Lizzie's stuff, I mean, you couldn't praise Lizzie enough, I don't think. No. Uh, really, really beautiful, subtle. In fact, one of my memory things came up the other day, and I think it was a snowy image that she put in the auction when Mark Elliott um, lost part of his leg, which would be five years ago. And it's an wow. it, it works just yeah. so thoughtful and so delicate and so beautiful. I love it. It's yeah. and when you see the printed thing in, in Joe Cornish's gallery in North Island, you realise how good she is because you look at the printed image and it's just lovely. That's top of my list, that by the way. Now all this lockdown's gone and then moving round yeah. a bit. It's oh, it's a great gallery. There's, there's some lovely stuff. And the cake and the cakes and the coffee are lovely as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's oh, a decent second hand record shop across the road. Oh, all for it now. Oh, I like a bit of yes. I like a bit of prog me. I'm into me old stuff. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll be having a look at that for sure. Uh couple more names you might you might recognize. Anne Holmes. Yeah, that, that, that would be the one that's from is it Pirates Cove? Yes. Yeah, yeah, lovely. lovely Le- Lee Caster, he keeps popping up. He's a wonderful. Lee's got one of my pictures in, um, above his mantelpiece, I think. Um, he's a he's superb photographer. Yeah. He's yeah. just got a gorgeous style. Um, yeah. Didn't see much of him for a while, and then he came out with all the, 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 the dark images. Yes. But I mean, he's, he's a class act, is Lee, and he's a lovely fellow as well. Because he was one of the guys, I booked a house in. Torridon, March 2017, and Lee Caster was one of the lads that came up. Um, right. He just does some beautiful stuff. Yes. Lovely yes. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. There was a story about Lee. I can't, what was it? It was a bit of a laugh, and I can't freaking remember what it was. Probably <laughs> as well. Anyway, anybody else? Yeah, just uh, Paul Shears, Andy Farrier, Simon oh, Johnson, and Scott Murray. They they all stood out in that book. Well, along with it, it should it should be called the Matt Little John though. It's <laughs> I got some it was quite good actually because I got how many did I get? If you get a highly commended yeah um, you get a copy of the book. So right. I got three copies that year. Oh fantastic. I'd get that. I had to get that one. Yeah, well, I've got three copies signed by Charlie. One because I oh, want it. Wow. So you, yeah. get, you get one anyway. Well, it's only saving. I mean, you know, it's only 15 quid or whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah. and then I got one for the Walham Island, highly commended. And I got one for the other commended. Was that the one looking down from Bordel Hawes? I think. It's a black, it's a tall black mono, and white. Mono, tall black and white. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I've got, I've got a free one. But I've given. I gave both those away for charity things, just for auctions. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but the one, I think I've still got the one. Have I? I hope you have. <laughs> Probably not. No, me. No, um, no have you? <laughs> Brilliant. I've got, I've got into books anywhere in a big way. I've always liked me, me flowers and wildflowers and mushrooms and stuff like that. I've, I've yeah. all kinds of stuff down there. Oh, botanical and verses and all kinds of different things. And then I started buying landscape photography books a few years ago. And what my favourite at the moment is... Uh, uh, okay, it's, it's up here. <coughs> is the by the man himself. 
All right, okay. Charlie Wetts. Now, uh, I mean, some of Charlie's work is so painterly and so beautiful. Yeah. Well, there's quite a few, you know, there's Rachel Talibat and. Yeah, I've got a couple of Rachel. Got a few old ones as well from Scotland that I, I, I dream of are looking at. My problem is just time and I need to make time, basically. You know, it's so. Awkward if you've got family, though. And, and yeah. Where are you based? Uh, St. Helens, so it's um, uh, northwest. It's not too bad. Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, it's still, I mean, for me, I could I could go up to Glencoe um, and just start early in the morning and come back late at night. Yeah. Didn't used to, to stop over, but I mean, from St. Helens, it's more awkward. I mean, certainly I've seen me going up and meeting up with the likes of um, Billy Curry or Scott Robertson or whatever. Um because Scott doesn't do um, Twitter at all. But, I mean, Scott's work's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know Scott Robertson? I don't know. I know the name. I do know. I don't know him, but I know the name. I've seen yeah, seen some of his images. He was one of Charlie Waits' judges' choices. I think when he went to Charlie and said, pick your, pick your 10 favourite shots from the last 10 years, and one of them was Scott's. Wow. And I don't know as well. used one of his. Um, yeah. But, yeah, oh, classic. Uh, have you got any thoughts of making a book, Mark? Are you? I'm I'm writing one at the moment. I've done I've done a few odds and ends. I've got a few chapters sort of fleshed out. Um, oh, fantastic! Who I won't name, who, but is a very good photographer and a good writer. There's a few books he's sort of like reading it as I go along, just to sort of like say yes, no, you can't say that. You can't talk about shagging in a photography book <laughs> and that sort of thing. Oh, come on. I hope they let you. Anyway, I look forward to seeing that. I look forward to buying a copy of that for sure, most definitely. I had Harper Collins contact me um, yeah, asking about doing a book, and I didn't mean to reply to the email, but I forgot. Um, and a few folk have gone on about maybe doing the Insta spiels and just like doing a bit of a... Just just doing a book with a, with a load of the spiels. The spiels seem to be quite popular. Yeah, like a zine, just a quick, yeah, like a magazine type thing. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. I, I don't like a magazine. I don't like pamphlets. Um, I'd rather do books. So I'd rather just do what I'm doing now, which is more about why we take photographs, what we do, how yeah. well, how I do it, if you like, and, and reiterate the fact that nothing I do or say is original. It's, it's all been done to death way before I took up a camera and, and started talking straight about it. Um, <laughs> it's... It's what it is. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a personal sort of thing. It's, it's, you, you take pictures of things that appeal to you. Uh, you process them in a way that appeals to you and, and you present it in a way uh, that you like. Um, and it's got to be your own personal approach. It can't be somebody else's. If you, you know, you're talking about books there, you can't go looking at books and thinking, I'm going to do that. Yeah, because you know, you, you know, whose photograph you taken? Yeah. If you go to the scene and you say, "All oh, right, what would uh, what would Rachel Talibar do here?" Then whose picture you taking? You taking your picture? You taking Rachel's picture? Um, yes. You can perhaps use it as an inspiration to do something, um, but you, you see the way that you know. Um, if somebody takes up a certain style, then loads of other people will, will follow. You know, looking at Valda Bailey Bailey's work, which oh. is wonderful, unique. Uh, incredibly artistic um, and how can you that? why would you even think about trying to take pictures like Valder 
because she is, you know, a unique artist and, a, and an amazing, and the most amazingly lovely person as well. Yes, um, yes. Yes, I don't know the lady, but I have messaged on a few of her images and she always replies and that speaks volumes. She's just fantastic, both as an artist and a person, I think. Yeah, yeah. Very, very special uh, work, really is. And it's out there on its own. But like you said, Lizzie Shepherd and quite a few people who, who, who a lot of people don't know, but you've got to go out there and look, you know. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, there's, there's so many photographers. Um, yes. Who was it? Lee Dory mentioned Jeremy yes. Barrett, didn't he? Who's not perhaps as, as active in social media, but he puts stuff up on Flickr or whatever else. But he's got a few photographs in, in the books there that you've been talking about that are absolutely superb. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lee Dory's a fantastic photographer. Yes. You mentioned James Osmond before. Yes. He's got some fantastic stuff, absolutely yeah. superb images. Yeah. Um, Paul, so Wake, many- Paul Wakefield as well, another person who doesn't do anything online at all. Well, see, Paul, Paul Wakefield, all I can think about is his tag stuck in the ground and it's, um, with points in its hooves. Yeah. You know that stuff? Well, Paul did um, a lot of advertising stuff. And, um, oh, yes, I know what you mean. For whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. Monica with the Glen shot of this tag looking incredibly proud and just sort of like, you know, I see yeah. no ships sort of pose. And um, little hints of mist playing about and everybody's looking at this picture thinking how on earth did you manage to get that shot with that stag in that pose and it was like the mist simple mist machine in the back the stag stuffed what position <laughs> do you like to stuff mr wakefield well could you have it a wee bit snooty just looking over his shoulder so to speak and um so this <laughs> position with spikes and spikes in its feet that's right yeah and he, he met them at pit lockery or somewhere like that and the, pull up in this, like, you know, looting van, whatever, and he lifts up the roll of shutters, and here's this stag. <laughs> Looking at him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> commercial world, bonkers. I know. Yeah, yeah he, he did one with vodka, and uh, it was an icebreaker, and it was like, he's sitting on the edge of a, this seat, and, and with his feet dangling the, 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 over the edge, and this helicopter strapped in, obviously, and he's telling this this Russian icebreaker captain, ah. I, Back a bit, left, left a, a bit, bit right a bit, yeah. It's, it's like the golden shot, you know. <laughs> yeah, bonkers. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast with myself and Mark Littlejohn. An absolute pleasure to talk to Mark. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me and for uh, spending over an hour talking to this old fool. So I hope you've all enjoyed that and you garnered and gained something from Mark's passion and information and a lot of laughs along the way. Look out for episode two, another very special guest. And well, there's only one thing left to say, and that's Sidi from Let's Create, the photography show.